Ahoy and welcome to Raider Cop Nation. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, episode number 52. Now, if we have one show a week, we launch every Wednesday, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You got all you got the rundown. Once a week, every Wednesday. How many weeks in a year? And the answer would be, in the back, 52. That's correct. So, this is our anniversary show, so welcome to the anniversary. Now, we were El Police Radio. Now, we're Raider Cop Nation. So, you can reach us on RaiderCopNation.com. It's as simple as that. We haven't gone anywhere. We changed the name and the browser and the, what do you call that thing? The domain. I'm learning all these things as I go along. The domain now is RaiderCopNation.com. Today's episode 52, we will feature Wonder Woman. And she'll be on here to talk about her great heroics in law enforcement. And what we can expect. As well as I'm about to bring on the one and only, the co-host of the Raider Cop Nation and the host of Leatherneck 7. That we haven't heard him on our radio airways in a in a while, but he's back. And he's back and he's better than ever, and I'm glad to have him back. But before we bring him on, we're gonna have a conversation. In our conversation, mostly we're going to talk about his family. You know, there's no coincidence why God created family. He created family because these are the individuals you are going to deal with during your life. Now, we don't have any domain over whom we want to be family members. I'll take him, but I won't take her. Can't do that. So you're basically born into a family, into a race, into a heritage, into the problems that that family brings and the blessings that that family brings. But God has given you something very unique to deal with. Your first assignment in life is how to grow up in a family and what that family means to your development. Christ told us, and it's in the scriptures, even if your mother and your father leave you, I am here. So the Lord himself becomes apparent to us as children in the walk and the journey with Jesus. The best thing to connect with a family is to have a great foundation So with that foundation, you have solid ground and you can never sink. And that is God as the center of your family. When you have that, when you produce that, when you welcome that in your life and that in the life of your family, your children and so forth, you are building your structure on solid ground. And that is so important. Recently, I had the opportunity of being with my grandkids and and my kids and 
I love them all. I love them all to death. Um, my oldest that's up in Atlanta, God bless her. I know she's going through a, a time in her life that we all go through issues. I keep her in prayer, even to the more difficult ones, and they know who they are too. I love them as well. The grandchildren bring a uniqueness because I'm actually getting to see the development of their character and the gifts that God has given them. Those gifts will be developed and it will be part of their personality that God will use. Learning and understanding what family is and the relationship to that family and God is so important. I encourage you to connect a little bit better with that by going to a, a church, a Bible-driven church that Jesus is the foundation of. And you can learn a lot more about family structure. I know I am so glad that I have family in my life. Yes, and they're difficult ones too. But uh, I've got to take the good with the bad. That's how God wants it. We on Radio Cop Nation now, we have flown the Jolly Roger, or as they say in French, Jolly Roll, which is where Jolly Roger comes from. And we're captivating, taking captive the truth, the loot to share with you. You know, I did a little history on, on, on pirates and raider and this and that. And I'm going to be slowly letting everybody know a little bit more and more about it. But that's the theme that we have. And the reason we have it is because although we're in law enforcement, we obey the rules and regulations that are established by society through the will of God. We also want to be a raider of the truth. We want to raid that loot. There's so many things that go on in law enforcement behind closed doors. And we want to bring those things to light. So we will blast the cannons and we will seize the loot slowly, bringing those truths to you here on Radio Cop Nation. You know, there's a lot of fiction when it comes to piracy. And a lot of uh, people believe that the pirates were white, Anglo-European types. There were some, but they only ex it lasted, believe it or not, for about 30 years. It was a very short lifespan. They were contracted by three primary governments, which would be uh, England, France, and the Netherlands. And their job was they would fly a flag that was not the flag of the nation that contracted them. And their job was to steal the loot of gold that Spain would try to bring back to Spain from the New World. Of course, a lot of people think that they flew the skull and bone flag. But the truth is that they mostly flew a red flag. That's what they flew uh, most of the time. And there were some variations to that. Short-lived, did not last very long. Uh, as I said, uh, the piracy. And it was during an area of around 1630 to 1690 where the British Navy would, what they called the impressment, they would force 
people to work for them, and piracy was part of it, and to seize territory and goods. A lot of the goods that they were stealing was not necessarily gold and treasures, more so food and medicine, but uh, those are the myths that exist and they're out there. Of course, if you look at piracy, it goes way a thousand years prior, during the era of the samurai, they had pirates too, which were wuku. They were the, called the wuku. And they were samurai warriors that were on naval ships and they would attack um, fishing boats and so forth in vicinity of Japan. And they were around a thousand years, thousand years. So piracy is not something unique, that it's only a bunch of drunken guys with beards. That is the myth that was brought to it, uh, to us, through television, through theater, and through the movies, that we understand what piracy is. Of course, the United States government fought pirates, and i got to get my P's uh, straightened there, uh, doing a campaign in the Barbary Islands, which is the north of Africa. And as the podcast go on, I'll discuss more about pirates and, and the raider aspect and what that all means. It's always, I, I, I firmly believe in history. Unfortunately, some of it is so mixed up that true history is not really told anymore. It's whatever political agenda they want to come up with. Sad, but true. Now, folks, let me put on this theme and let you guess who's coming on in three, two, one. Sierra. Hey, Alpha. It's uh, good to be back. And uh, I'm loving the name change, man. Raider Cop Nation from El Police Radio to Raider Cop Nation. Uh, I see the growth, man, and I'm, I'm very excited to see where you guys are headed in the upcoming months. Well, you know, the analytics have been pretty good. I, I think it's a combination of things, uh, especially the logo. You know, before I, I, I kicked in the name, I had did all this research on logos and uh, what color the eye looks. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to get a degree in, in logoism. So I finally figured out the combination that I was going to go with. And uh, the analytics have been coming in pretty strong. So uh, things look pretty good. And I, I like the name change. You know, unfortunately today, anything that says police is like a four-letter word. Oh, no. Yeah. So... I think it was time to move on. We've had that. We, we've had, uh, at least I've had that association with that name since 2007. So that's about 11 years. Yeah, we're talking 11 years now. Yeah, so it's time. It was time to move on. 
So how's everything with you? Uh, everything's, you know, the same old, same old, just focusing on, I'm doing, doing the best I can on my end with uh, Leatherneck 7, uh, trying to bring in fresh guests, fresh topics to talk about, because at, at least on the good side of being a veteran is that there's always something going on with the veterans and the veteran world. So there's always, you know, it's either, it's either an event going off, you know, for wounded warriors or for, you know, for service animals or whatever it is. I noticed that I can always find myself getting into something when it, when it comes in regards to the veterans world. And I'm sure it's the same in the Leo and the fire communities, which is why we, we are such a tight knit community because, you know, you're literally in the front lines with your partner and that's all you got. And, and if you look at, look at what's going on with, you know, law enforcement these days from a few years ago, it almost seems like the country's at war with its, with its own police officers. And, you know, you got to stop it and reflect on that and say, well, oh, something's te- terribly wrong with this picture. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. But the good thing is we're at the right time at the right place now because we have a president that is supporting not only the veterans, but law enforcement as well. And although law enforcement is still having a struggle because the media is doing the, their best to destroy law enforcement, uh, it's good to have a friend in the White House that helps out. It always does. So I'm glad that that exists. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I know my time in the, in the, in the military. Um, you know, a lot of us don't uh, agree with who's, at, uh, who's our commander-in-chief, but, you know, as a, as a uniform personnel or you know combat arms or whatever your your specialty was you know you're you're still you're still there's a still a, a chain of command and there's still a rank structure that you're still obligated to follow so regardless of what my views was of the previous you know ca- uh, cabinet or whatever at the end of the day you still had to respect that that that's the office you know the president's All office right. it doesn't matter who's behind the helm that's the president of the united states and you know he, he renders his salute you gotta you gotta give him a salute because you know he's, he's due diligence to president. Correct. So again, like, again, like a lot of people didn't like Obama and just like a lot of people don't like Trump, but at the end of the day, we're all in the same country. We're all red, white, and blue. So it really doesn't matter because everybody gets so caught up in politics and I'm left, you're right. You're in, uh, I'm far left. I'm way far right. But it, they lose, they lose sight of, you know, it doesn't matter what your affiliation is. At the end of the day, we're all Americans. We're all in the same family. Whether you know, you know, it doesn't matter what your color, your background is, your your religious back, whatever your beliefs are. At the end of the day, if, if you're in this country, you're an American, and that's a blessing, you know, because not not a lot of countries out there in the world can can do what America has been doing for so many years. So people need to stop focusing on being against the president and be for America. So as long as we're going to the head, heading in the right direction and the country's progressing, that's all that matters. Yeah, this nation was built. Uh, by the Lord, it is a blessing to all of us. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I just recently learned that there was a little a little static, a little situation between President George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. Actually, at, well, Jefferson was president at the time, and Washington had already stepped aside or fulfilled his obligation. And they were... Uh, going back and forth on uh, having an actual sitting Navy. So this is the beginning of creating the Navy. And it was kept a secret. It was not really sent out in the forefront. It came out recently in a history book. That's where I got it from. And I'll post it on the show notes for people can 
Biden pick it up. But basically there was a an aide to President George Washington that basically also becomes an aide to Thomas Jefferson, and he kind of negotiates the two. But there was a little, you know, I'm not talking to you because you're going in the wrong direction, that kind of thing. So it's that you don't learn those things in the history books. We'll just say that. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is this is a time where, you know, America was just being born. You know, George Washington was the first president and there really was no no term limits on how long these guys can be president. Like he, it, George Washington was pretty much up there until he got tired of it. Yeah. The, the, the discussion was mostly about uh, creating an army, a naval force. Uh, you ha- we have to understand the time this is happening. They just got rid of the British and that military power, so they didn't want a standing military. But Washington had a little bit more foresight to say, well, you know, we're going to need this. So there was a little tit for tat with yeah, how that was going to happen. Well, fast forward now to 2018, and now you know the talks are all about you know why the U.S. doesn't have a space force in 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 play, and how important the space program and the space exploration and, and all that comes into play because. You know, it's going to come a point in our in our lives, you know, those of us that are still around when all this finally, you know, gets created, that the wars and the battles aren't going to be fought in, in our homelands or, you know, foreign territory. It's going, to be out, it's going to be out there because there's so much more that they can do out there now and, and the advances that they've made in technology. And it's some scary stuff. So a lot of people are taking the whole Space Force thing as a joke, but... When you start looking at the numbers and history, you start you start saying, "Holy crap! It is this is something that we definitely need." Yeah, you know, I was out there like thousands, if not millions, of Americans making jokes about the space force. But when you look at the seriousness, I saw James Mathis the other day on a press conference talking about how the and you know when he talks, you immediately snap to attention and listen. Yeah, you listen. <laughs> so eyes are snapped, ears open. And and right. And and so he was giving the briefing on on where we're going with this. And so you take the seriousness. It is very serious. So I'm glad that we're we're but look, you're right. There's a little tape for tat for that now. You know, Congress doesn't want to fund it and you know. So two hundred and something years later we're still at it. And, it's always, and that's going to always it's, it's always going to be, you know, and people can be against war and against violence. But that's it's been around for even before a lot of us were even even born. So that's something that's never going to change. Yeah, it's never going to change. <clears throat> it's always an argument. But, I, uh, you know, I'm glad that we have this form of democracy. You know, you vote for the guy you want. They get in. And like you said, you have to respect the office, not necessarily the person. The Constitution was never done with an individual in mind. Yeah. It was done with a nation in mind. So there yeah. falls the difference. We recently had a little trip to Disney World, and it was great seeing uh, Super Superboy and, and Batgirl. They were there yeah. <laughs> having a great time. And um, boy, was it hot. I mean, yeah. I was melting. Yeah, we got we got lucky that it was a lot of more. I guess there was a lot more cloudy than we expected, and the forecast was to rain. So you know, we already had that in the back of our minds. But like you said, even if, even without the sun gleaming on you, you still feel the heat. You know, the kids were feeling it, we were feeling it. But yeah. uh, 
We did pretty good. I mean, we got there right before one and we left right at nine, right when the fireworks were ending. So we did everything good. The kids had a great time that, you know, nothing more beautiful than seeing a bunch of little, little cousins playing with each other, holding hands, you know, just being kids. And that's what life's all about when yeah. you have children in, in your lives is, is just seeing them interact with other, other kids, whether it be siblings, cousins, whatever it might be, just letting them experience life and experience those relationships. And it's amazing. And it's beautiful to watch. That's right. The other uh, Marvel Comics grandkids of mine were there, which is Catgirl and uh, Super Rubia. I don't have a name for her yet, but I'll call her Super Rubia for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, they enjoyed each other's company. It's great to see them. They're, they're little. We, took, we, we had taken them about a couple of years ago to Disney. We took a couple of photos. Two years later, we're taking photos in the same spot. It's good because you see they're growing, they're getting bigger, they're interacting more with us. So it was fun. It really was. The humidity was outrageous, but it was fun. And yeah, at least we didn't get rained on. I mean, we we were right inside right when it started raining. So like everything went as smooth as and perfect. You know, obviously everybody got sick afterwards. But what are you going to do? You know, germs yeah. are everywhere. We can't control that. Yeah, the germs are all over the place. There's a lot of touch. Touch, touch this and touch that at Disney World. So you yeah, pick up and you drinks. don't ever see anybody cleaning or deconning anything. Is it just too much to handle? And I don't it blame is. them. It is too much, but it was fun. We did avoid the rain. We were in Monster Inc. watching the show there, where Superhero Boy got a kick out of me on the big screen. Yeah. They, they used <laughs> me as the uh, the the hit. I don't know what you want to call me. The but, fall guy. Yeah, the fall guy. They threw my picture up on the on the board, and he thought it was funny, and he was just cracking up, hysterical. <laughs> it was a moment, a moment to cherish. That was great. Uh, it definitely is, and it's just, it's just. Even as adults, it's it's amazing how you can lose yourself in such a positive and happy environment because it really is the happiest place on earth. Every time, and at least for me, every time I go with my kids every weekend, we we have a great time. It is. You do unwind. You know, once you go through those gates and and you go into the park, you know, I don't care how old you are, you kind of regress a little bit and you become a child for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's a pride. And let me tell you, it's a process to get in there with two kids. Yeah. Especially if you have a group or if you have a service animal, like it, people don't, people don't rem remember that. Yeah. It's a lot of work just to, just to take your kids to Disney or just for you to go by yourself. It's a lot of stuff you have to uh, plan It's never going to go according to plan, but at the end result is to have a good time. And that's all that matters. Yeah. I, I can attest to that. It is very difficult to take little ones there. And uh, I was on I was on duty too with the carrying, and when you're carrying a child in a forty minute line, it could be it could be you know I don't care how much they weigh. Uh, after a while, it turns into a gazillion pounds. Yeah, literally. And then you put one down, and you look down, and the other one's stretching their arms about I'm next. <laughs> yeah, they're waiting. <laughs> so, it's just funny how they were all, you know, rotating everybody. All right, I, I had enough of this person. Let me get the next person. <laughs> That's true. But uh, what we're going to be enjoying on this show now on Raider Cop Nation, we have a panel. And the these guests are going to come on and we're going to use their expertise. And today's show, which we're celebrating our first anniversary, I remember when we first launched... Um, El Police Radio, it, we got hit with the hurricane. Yeah, I can't exactly, even remember what the hurricane's exactly name here. was. And we got hit with the hurricane, and uh, it, it kind of threw us off schedule a little bit, if you want to say that. But that was a year ago, 
And um, now we're refocused. We're bringing in a year later, and this would be our second season on the podcast. We're bringing in the guest panel of um, five guests that we have, which will be regulars on this show. And we're going to tap in their expertise on certain subjects, certain episodes are going to come on. I believe right after this show, we start uh, with training. We start doing firearms. So Pistol Pete will be uh, on here. And, of course, he's going to be telling us uh, gun cleaning tips and stuff like that. So it's going to be a great podcast to pay attention to because a lot of people uh, have their own idea on how to clean a gun. But yeah. it's, have it's your always, notepads ready. Yeah, have your notepads ready. It's always good to get it from an expert. So that's uh, Pistol Pete. But we'll be putting all that on the show notes. And what, what I'm really looking forward to, to this show is because these people are all, all they were all handpicked and they all have a unique skills uh out of the bunch out of the five uh two are active law enforcement uh one with 30 years and the other one i believe is 11 years and then the other panelists are are retired so we have a lot of wealth of information on there we're gonna um really make it interesting for the for the audience on these subjects because uh, one of the things if you haven't noticed we don't use our our real names but they're not very difficult to find out who we are because obviously there's a website and all that other stuff but the reason we do that is because we can capture the truth in a different way you know if i were to come out here like a public relations uh, for a law enforcement agency, I would sound like a commercial. But we don't want to sound like a commercial. So this coming season, we're going to talk about a lot of issues in law enforcement, which the behind-closed-doors things that people don't know about. And that's what I hope to capture uh, during this season. So it's going to be interesting. And in this show, we have, uh, we're going to be interviewing Wonder Woman. That's right. Wonder Woman, huh? Wonder Woman. It's all our characters have uh, names, but we have Wonder Woman. Of course, we have Pistol Pete, the gunsmith. So with with him, if you want to learn anything about guns, if you see Pistol Pete's name come up, then it's time to say, oh, I got to learn about guns. Let me get my, my, my notepad and my pencil because I'm going to learn about guns. And, um, and, and we got the fixer, and we also have uh, Kilo which he does investigations. So he's going to talk to us about the world of investigation. The cop. So uh, you have old school policing. And he's going to reference a lot of old school policing versing, versus new school policing. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be one in here because, man, I remember the old schools. These guys will throw down bare knuckles and brawls. And now I'm looking at videos of these new, you know, fresh out of the academy boot cops and they, they don't even want to put hands on anybody like they're that that afraid and i'm like what the hell happened in a matter of years yeah i i, I interviewed the cop uh last podcast and we literally we did two hours and uh it wasn't a two-hour interview but we just rambled on for two hours and then we did the interview and um i forgot that he had served in iraq in the international police force through the united states states department and uh, he told me some wacky stories about that. And 
he also served in Kosovo in the International Police Force. So I think I believe it was a total of three years he did it. And um, he was telling me a lot of stories that we we can enjoy here. So yeah, because if, if you think the police family is, is extreme in the United States, which they're not, you know, try going to an, a third world country or, or a foreign country and seeing their nationals interact with their local police, and you'll be like, "Holy crap, we're spoiled here back in the states." Yeah, yeah, we are. So you know, these other countries, they don't play when it comes to law enforcement. No, they don't, and uh, of course they don't have the constitution like we do. Uh, you know, a lot of our criminals have a lot of rights. Of course, you wouldn't believe it if you heard the news, but they do. And the law is somewhat on their side, uh, the way we're structured, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And some of these other countries is the other way around. You're guilty until you prove you're innocent. Exactly. So that's crazy. So we're lo- I'm looking forward to that interview and... I know that we will, um, we're going to turn some heads on this podcast this, um, this season. And I invite everybody to come on here and listen to us. We will have, I, I, I have a schedule up on, well, our, our website has changed too. So if you're typing in lpoliceradio.com, you're not going to see anything but Chinese writing probably. Yeah. What an adventure that was to convert everything. Yeah, I bet. Oh, my. I thought, you know, the little bit of hair I got left, I thought that was going also. Yeah, now we know why they charge so much. Yeah, it was it, it was difficult, uh, but it was manageable. Just frustrating. But uh, we, I let lpoliceradio.com go, and the way they explained it to me is, it stays active for 30 days. It's like in the twilight zone type of limbo type of status. And then if I don't purchase it or repurchase it, better said, um, somebody will buy it. And usually it's a company in China. And then they try to extort somebody if you want it back. Oh, mm. you can have it back for $1,400, that kind of thing. Wow. But uh, we won't be wanting it back. So if you punch in lpoliceradio.com, it's, nothing's going to happen now it's RaiderCopNation.com, and that's all one word, RaiderCopNation.com. So we, we got that converted, and um, then I had to go through the iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. Wow, what it, that, was, that was quite a treat also. Uh, apparently, uh, iTunes is very—everybody follows iTunes model. Yeah, pretty much. They are the king of podcasts. Everybody else is... Uh, they just piggyback off of them. They piggyback off of them. So once you get the, the thumbs up from iTunes and then, you know, you're, everybody else kind of rolls in. But iTunes, that you, what I appreciate about iTunes is they did not want me to lose my other shows. I was to a point where I didn't care, you know, because I was so frustrated. But iTunes, they automatically... Uh, change the name and they do like a redirect of the old shows, combining them with the new shows. So Stitcher and everybody else has to follow the lead. And uh, I'm glad they did because uh, it it took a lot of um, the worrying out of me. So we haven't lost one episode. You can get from uh, episode one to this one. Yeah, got to keep them alive in the archives. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad that that worked out too. 
lot of a lot of learning as we go along in the uh, in this field, and uh, we we are hoping that uh, real soon we're going to be starting our 09 training group as well, and we're going to be primarily focusing in on firearms and teaching uh, how to shoot and different tactical forms of shooting, especially in today's society with everything going crazy and school just starting. And we know that schools now, they're the hot topic. But unfortunately, uh, you know, there could be another soft target from a terrorist or a wacko. And then that'll be the next hot topic. So well, look at look at what uh, was it Sheriff Judd from uh, Polk County the other day. What he, what he said was on point. He's like, you know, you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. You know, especially in Florida, you know, we have, you know, the stand your ground law. You know, just a few days ago, there was an incident where an Uber driver was being harassed by some crazy person in a truck, and the Uber driver just got out and just shot him. Yeah. You know, he's dead. That guy's dead now. So then the sheriff just kept saying, you know, don't don't go har- harassing people because, you know, a lot, majority of the people in Florida are, are, are carry permit. They have, you know, the, li- the right and the license to carry a firearm to protect themselves. And if you don't know the laws in, in the state of Florida, whether it's stand your ground or or protection, you know, you, then you need to start looking into it because, you know, you, you're going to put yourself in a situation for trying to be a, a, a jackass. And you're going to end up getting shot for no reason. Yeah. And I, I, I loved Sheriff Judd, Grady Judd. He he does a real good performance when he comes out. On oh, he's TV. always fun to watch. He's always fun to watch on his press conferences. I'm like, I can't wait. Got to get the popcorn ready. Got to get the DVR. <laughs> Just the stuff he says, it's not, it's not in the norm. People are not used to it, but it's working because he's been sheriff for so long and, Polk County is really bad. I go, I go, I drive through there all the time on my way to Orlando with the kids to go to Disney, and I just see it. You see it yourself. You're like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, he, I think they're doing a very good job, at, at least as far as policing their their communities goes. Well, you know, half of what he's doing is PR work, and and you need it. And basically, he's selling, sending a message to everybody: don't fool around here because you're gonna get it. And uh, yeah. Even with this Uber story, uh, he basically, he told everybody, there are good guys with guns that will shoot you and shoot you dead. And have every right to do so by the law. <laughs> yeah. But the way he says it, it's it's just, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, the guy has his own cheerleading squad. Uh, I love it. <clears throat> and uh, I also recommend anybody that's listening, if you are um, a carrying concealed weapons permit, or you're considering one, it's only half the package. You also have to look at some, unfortunately, some insurance to cover yourself in case you have to use your weapon. So look at places like the NRA that they have an insurance package, the USCCA as well. And it's unfortunate, but if you discharge your weapon for whatever means that you can legally do so to protect yourself or others, most likely these liberal attorneys will go after you and they'll sue you. And so you have to have more than one protection, which is a firearm. You have to have two protections, which is also an insurance package. As, as sad as that sounds, that's the reality today. That's the world that we live in, you know. Yeah, there was there was a case not too long ago where there, there was a as a perpetrator that was stabbing stabbing an all police officer, I believe it was. I'm not sure the correct story, but he was stabbing somebody. I'm pretty sure it was a law enforcement personnel. And then backup came. They shot the guy, but he ended up suing them for shooting him because he was he just had a knife. So that that's something that I want to look into so that we can talk about. But that's that's the reality of it. That these these 
criminals are finding ways to, you know, use turn up the law and use it against those that uphold the law. And it's it's disgusting, you know, like, oh, I, I'm breaking the law. I'm killing somebody. But then they shoot me. So I, I, I have the right to, to to sue them. That's not right. That's not right in my eyes. Yeah, I know what case you're talking about. I, I did see that. And uh, it is controversial the way the the jury had come up with that verdict. And the way the whole case was handled was a little wacky. Uh, they said that he shot him twice, so he should have shot him once. And th- there's no such thing as shooting once. You know, if you speak to any any person that's ever discharged a firearm in action, and you ask them how many rounds did you shoot, they don't know. It's just, it's, the science is there to prove. You just don't count rounds. You don't say, I shot five times. I know I did. So I counted them. Are you crazy? Your finger's just moving on the trigger. I, I, I've seen people that say, I don't know, did I shoot three or four times? And they were on the second magazine. Okay, so there's no way that jury came up with that. And now all of a sudden it's kind of controversial. It's the wacky left trying to control the narrative again. But I think you're onto something, Mike. I think we need to put that in when we, we have... Um, our, our gunsmith and our other expert, Kilo, come up here and we talk about guns. And uh, let, let, we'll, let's talk a little bit about that, that background of what we know, because, of course, what we know is going to be whatever was released to the media. We don't have the backdoor stuff. But yeah. we, can, we can come up with a good synopsis. And I think that's a very good thing to look at. So we're coming down to... Um, our interview with Wonder Woman. Very exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, so I think it's time to plug her in. What do you think? I think it's about time. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's call the uh, – well, wait a minute. Batman has a, a flashlight or, or a light. That, what, how do you call Wonder Woman? I don't know. Just find, find trouble. Yeah, I guess it's – yeah, you find trouble, and then the little whip thing comes up, and next thing you know, okay, well, here's Wonder Woman. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, actually. <laughs> well, it could be morning, afternoon. Remember, the beauty about this whole thing is that it is a podcast, so you get to hear it whenever you want to hear it. <laughs> that I, makes just, sense. I was just talking to Mike Sierra, and we were discussing how do we alert Wonder Woman? You know, Batman has a light, so when there's trouble, you flash the light, and Batman sees it and shows up. So we were like, we don't know. How do you... I don't know. I don't remember either. And he says, I guess we got to stir up trouble. And she just shows up. So I think that's how we contact you. Yes, that's with, how you contact me. <laughs> with controversy. Stir up, <laughs> controversy. Stir up some trouble somewhere and I'll just show up. <laughs> there you go. Now, our audiences, you have a great intro. Uh, they, they like the intro. so they, I was it, waiting for the intro. That's why when you asked me the first time, I just... Stood by quietly waiting for the intro, and then I didn't hear any intro. 
Yeah, on your end, you're not going. You're not going to hear it. But they, yeah, it was a crashing glass <laughs> entrance, so you smashed into the radio program. <laughs> okay. So we're happy to hear you're all. You smashed right through the window. So we're happy to have you here. Now, everybody wants to know a little bit about Wonder Woman. Now, before we get into you know all that, where did Wonder Woman grow up? Where what, what part of the planet? What part of the planet? Well, um, I'm sort of like a mutt. I've been everywhere. I was uh, born born in Venezuela. Um, I was there for a very short time. My parents are Dominican, so um, I went to live with uh, my grandmother in Dominican Republic for a few years. My mom and dad stayed in Venezuela. And from there, uh, they moved to the United States. And on my eighth birthday, um, they sent for me. So uh, I was raised in the Bronx up until I was 21. And then I moved to Florida and I've been here ever since. So you're a Bronx bomber. <laughs> you can say that. You're a Bronx always bomber. Make it, always making an explosion. I was right across the, the river. I was on the Manhattan side of the Bronx. So oh, okay. There's the actual river there that separates them. All right, now, Wonder Woman grows up all these places. Of course, this is Wonder Woman's makeup now. She's very unique, so this is how they built Wonder Woman. And now she's thinking about a career in law enforcement. How does that happen? I was 12 years old um, growing up in the Bronx, and I remember they had a career day. And um, I, I was like probably 10, 11 or 12 years old. And on that career day, they had obviously all of the um, different um, entities, the companies, the different, um, you know, careers and whatnot. So the first one that I encountered when I walked in, um, they had a table full of New York police officers. And that to me was, I don't know if it was a uniform, just their stature, just the way they were, you know, um, dealing with people. It was so amazing to me. And I walked in and that was the first table. And we had like a single file line and everybody walked away and the teachers are calling me, hey, you're the last one on the line. Come on, come on. And I'm standing there like dumbfounded by these people. And they're looking at me and I didn't want to go anywhere. And one of them turns around and goes, hey, you know, you want to be a cop? And I looked at him and I was like, no, I want to go into the military like my dad. (laughs) But but, um, because my dad um, served in the army. So he was like, "Okay, well, you can start here or whatever. And my teacher still calling me, come on, come on. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay with these. I want to stay with them here. Sure enough, I stayed there throughout the whole career fair, helping them out. Um, and, and and for me, that was just like it, you know, the moment. Right. So I I, I um, looked into other options. My dad never wanted me to go into the military. I tried Navy, Marines. Um, I tried Coast Guard. I tried uh, the Army branch. And he's like, nope, nope, nope. You're going to school. You're going to college. I don't want you to go into the military. Um, but I always wanted to take part in some sort of either law enforcement, military, and in college, this whole FBI thing, I was like, oh, I want to go into the FBI. I want to go into the FBI, but, um, it didn't happen. I got married very young. Um, and I was a stay at home mom for many years. So I kind of put a stop and a hold to my career. And at 33, that's when, um, my kids were older. So I figured I'd, I'd continue by that time. 
I was too old for the military. I was too old to go into the FBI. So um, I went into another career fair in my 30s at Florida International University. And sure enough, I walk in and the first table there. <laughs> there you go. Is, um, you know, some things are just meant to be, you know. Yeah. And I walk in and the first table there is um, they have Miami-Dade uh, uh, Police Department and they had City of Miami. So I tried out for Miami-Dade, went through the whole process, um, did not get in. And then I tried out for City of Miami after that. And shortly thereafter, I got into um, into law enforcement. So that's how that happened. That's it. And so they pick up Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. They don't know it, but they've picked they up. They don't know it yet. <laughs> they've picked up Wonder Woman in, your, in the ranks. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean... For me, New York, I think when I was growing up in New York, it also had an impact on me mm -hmm. uh, seeing I, I live right behind the police precinct when I was a kid. So uh -huh. I'd see the cops there all the time. And uh, I see the roll call when they would change. And, you know, the cops used to walk the beat back then. I don't even think they do that anymore. <laughs> and they asked, uh, they would always tell me, you staying out of trouble, kid, and all this other stuff. And I, it had a, a profound effect on me. So, uh, I think it's similar stories. So, we're we're here on Raider Cup Nation, and I was telling uh, Mike Sierra that the uniqueness about this series that we're doing in, um, in series number two is this is our anniversary. We're kicking off our second uh, series, and this one is going to be with a. Uh, five guests, which are permanent guests, Wonder Woman being one of them. What do you want to bring on this dais of superheroes that we're forming here? I think um, for the most part, as a woman, um, I just want to bring, um, because again, you know, you have the community that is made up of, you know, uh, men, women in law enforcement and other uh, different careers, but just to bring, um, you know, the notion that if you, doesn't matter what happens in your life, it doesn't matter what you've been through, it doesn't matter, you know, the ups and downs that you've had and um, the, the, the stumbling blocks that you've, that your life has um, given you, you still can be who you want to be, make it to where you want to make it to, um, and through the struggles and through everything that's, you know, happened in your life, you can actually make that work better uh, for you in the end and just accomplish whatever it is that you need to. And I think that a lot of the things that we go through in life just make you a better person. They make you stronger, wiser, more mature, and they give you the mental strength, the physical strength, you know, emotionally to be able to pursue your dreams. And that's basically what I want to bring out. And a lot of people say, well, why Wonder Woman and why this and why that? Um, yeah, I've loved Wonder Woman since I was a child, uh, but it's just what she symbolizes, you know, love and perseverance and diligence and dedication and always seeing things through. And even though things are not going the way they should go, you know, there's always, she's always looking for a way to make things happen, you know, through love and, 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 and showing affection and, um, caring, uh, right. she finds a way to make things happen. And, and as a woman, I think sometimes we think that, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to do this or I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't have the physical or emotional or mental, you know, capacity to do this. But again, everything starts with a belief, faith, and Wonder Woman, again, is all about that, you know, her faith in humanity and her faith in herself. 
So um, that's what comes first. And then after that, you develop, you know, your, your thoughts become your, your words and your words become your actions. So you have to mentally um, see it through. And then obviously everything else just falls into place. So uh, a lot of the one Wonder Woman's touch is going to be the emotional aspect and emotional aspect in dealing in law enforcement because let's let's face it, the community's relationship with police are not the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that as a result because most of the time when they call police is because our tragedies happen in their life. Mm-hmm. So there has to be that magical Wonder Woman touch in order to bring the citizen around, I guess. So I guess, yeah, just, just a, you know, a touch for humanity and, and, and people in general around you. And, um, you know, people can see that when, when people, and, and obviously we'll, we'll get into it later, but you know, when you work the streets and when you work with people, it's just, they will react to who you are and they will react to who you represent. You know, and if you show um, that gentleness and, you know, that you are a human being, an emotional human being, and that you're just a human being and you're able to see, you know, life through their eyes um, by taking time to, to, you know, to, um, to be sensitive to people's lives, then I think people's reactions will be differently. Obviously, media has a lot to do with the negative feedback that law enforcement is getting today, but... Um, you can't, you can't really pay attention to that. You have to go out there and you have to develop a personal relationship with people so they can see, you know, what law enforcement is really about. And, and we all have to do that. Not just one or two or three people, but law enforcement in general has to be, um, able to develop that tact, uh, with people and citizens. Otherwise it's just, you know, media is going to win. Right. Media won. And to piggyback on what you said earlier, making an impact, as it was made upon you as a as a child, so when you're interacting with the community, children are are, are very special because you want to make a positive impact when you deal with them. Yes, of course. See, that's, and ma- that's what it's all about. That's the magic touch of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot, you know. There's a lot, um, but yes, obviously, that's what. Um, that's what you uh, bring to the community. I had a uh, something that happened to me the other day. So in my car, um, I make my car my personal space. I have, you know, uh, badges and I have stickers and I have stuff stuck to the ceiling of my car. Obviously, nobody sees them because they're like stuck on the ceiling. Right. Unless you get in the car, you won't be able to see it. And you don't and want to I get ha- in the car. <laughs> People don't want to get in the car. Um and I have like, uh, I had, uh, uh, Wonder Woman, um, teddy bear. It was like a bunny rabbit. And, um, you know, it was all dressed up in Wonder Woman outfit. And I have like a lot of things in my car, souvenirs. So, um, I was driving the other day and they were like, uh, uh, a pair of twins, boy and a girl. They must've been like five or six years old. And, um, they saw me driving by, so they're waving and I stopped you know, and they had their parents with them. So I stopped and I was talking to them and they were like, oh my God, the police is talking to me. Mm-hmm. So they were super excited. And, you know, I carried them and I'm like, you want to go in my car? So I put them both in my car and they went crazy. They went nuts. So I, they went nuts. So I ended up losing a lot of the stuff I had in my car. 
It's hard. How can you say no to them? <laughs> I lost a lot of items, um, including my uh, um, my Wonder Woman bunny and and um, I had a, a Build-A-Bear uh, workshop police officer. Yeah, so I ended up losing a lot of teddy bears and stuff I had in my car. Um, so every time I drive to the community and the kids see me, I always stop. You want to go to my car? And I take pictures. And so my car is like little by little. So whoever wants to donate any more souvenirs because I'm kind of falling short, mm-hmm. um, please let me know. Souvenirs are welcome. Do- and, and that's what I do, you know, but they get to know you and they know who you are and, and, and they're not afraid of you. And, you know, this negative uh, concept that people have of the media is like it goes out the window. They're like, oh, my God, that's I didn't know. Um, another time I stopped and I was having lunch at this restaurant and, you know, some tourists stopped by. Hey, can we take pictures? You know, can my son take pictures with you in the car? I said, yeah, sure. And there's actually someone standing by just looking at what's going on. And after they leave, he comes up to me. He goes, you know what? Great community policing. Mm-hmm. I don't like cops very much, but that really impacted me. So it's things like that, that, you know what? I got to keep doing it. People have to keep doing it. And don't get me wrong. When it's time for me to be a cop, I'm a cop. And right. if I have to, you know, throw you on the floor and put the cuffs on, I don't care. Like I'll do it, but you're, you're not that person. That's not who you are. You just do it because you're doing your job and you right. need to be safe and you need to cuff people and you need to get into fights and you do what you do, but that's not who you are right. as a person. So you need to let people see who you are. You can't be grouchy and upset at the world and miserable and, you know, just just a negative human being because that's what you portray and that's what you show people in the street. I so, think you, you touched on a very important part about being, uh, you know, nasty. In other words, bringing your personal problems to the workplace and I think in law enforcement, it, it can happen very easily that we treat people as objects and not as people. Uh, my favorite saying is go out there and meet meet a new friend, make friends. And if you're a human being and you act like a human being, it makes life a lot easier. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there's times you have to put on your superhero costume, okay, because you're dealing with bad people. Yes, but that's not all the time. And so you, you've you've touched on a very important point. Um, I want to close out the interview. So we have this segment called Double Tap. And on Double Tap, we ask two questions. And you basically tell me off the top of your head, are you for the position, against it, and, of course, why? Mm-hmm. So here we go. Question number one. Are you for more law enforcement podcasts for, against, and why? For, and because it brings about a positive image um, of law enforcement to the people listening. We have to use all sorts of um, uh, means to get our message across. If we don't put the message across, media will put the message across, and sometimes their message is not positive. So we got to get ahead of the game and put our message out first. That's how social media works. And that's how um, uh, the news environment works. I've worked with the media. I've worked um, as a public information officer. And I've learned that if you don't put your message out first, somebody else will. And it's not going to be all the time positive. So, yes, I'm completely for uh, more law enforcement podcasts. And I want to touch on what you just said. And you, you said basically you want to bring out that message first and how important it is. And I agree with you. 
But I also want to say I've noticed a lot, especially on Facebook, a lot of the older retired guys, when they see law enforcement interacting with the community, like coffee with a cop or some dance routine that they're doing, they become very irritated and they want to kind of associate their law enforcement experience and their era with today. And there is a difference. There is a difference. If I can opinionate on that, again, no one is wrong for doing policing the way that they did it. Times have changed. And policing back then was different. Me being raised in New York, I remember, you know, cops were tough. Mm -hmm. And so were criminals. But they respected the police. So I remember, uh, you know, living in the Bronx in a corner with fights breaking out. The cops arrived. Everybody would just sit on the floor. And if an officer told you, you need to sit down on the floor, you sat down on the, you didn't question, you didn't, you didn't do any of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So today a cop tells you, you need to sit on the floor and automatically I'm like, yeah, but why? And this and that, and this things happen. Okay. Because of the lack of disrespect in law enforcement, um, the generation is completely different than when we were growing up and yes, things used to happen back then that are still happening now, but It's a matter of, okay, how has times changed and how can I adapt to the times to make people understand that this is what law enforcement is today? Because they're not understanding. They're believing the media. The media is, 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 it's why law enforcement, it is what it is today. Okay. Lack of respect for the, for the police, you know, the shootings. And there's so many things going on now that you need to get a hold. The reason that it's happening is because we're not putting the message out there first. We've become a society of community policing. Now we have to, uh, integrate with the, with the community. We have to interact with them. We have to talk to them. We have to like bring them out of this idea that law enforcement is full of monsters because it's not. How do you do that? By personalizing policing. Okay, social media is what's giving us this bad name. So we have to use social media to take back our good name. It's just the way the times work. It's just the way that, you know, they don't understand social media. They don't understand, oh, you need to do policing this way. It doesn't, it doesn't, like that doesn't happen like that anymore. Times have changed and they have to understand that. If they don't understand that, it's because they are, you know, they've been out of policing for 20, 30 years or whatever it is, and they're just not understanding. So you can't worry about those people's opinions. Listen, I respect the way you used to do policing. That doesn't make me lesser of a cop. But I do understand that we're living in different communities, different times, different generations. And I have to make them understand the only way they know how. And it's through social media. Yeah. It is what it is. Just because you see me dancing a song or, or doing whatever doesn't mean I'm less of a cop, but doesn't mean that you're tougher than me because your face is serious and you won't even smile. Mm-hmm. Let me smile. Let me do whatever it is I'm doing. But I bet you that if, uh, you know, an emergency call breaks out and I have to take care of business, I'm going to take care of business. Yeah. It, it, again, one thing doesn't um, accentuate the other. They're, they're very different things. I will be a cop whenever I need to be, but I will continue to be a human being. And, you, and, and, and society needs to see that part of us. They are human beings. They hurt just like me. They have family just like me. They have fun. They laugh. You know, they enjoy the moment just like me. They're not that different. But if I become, if I'm a criminal and I just did something wrong, then I might just see another side. Yeah. And that's all it is. 
I agree that it, there is a difference in police styles, and uh, the old timers did not have to deal with what the new timers have to deal with, and that is phones, cell phones. Oh, uh, that's re- another thing. Let's yeah. not even talk about that. <laughs> cell phones, and 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 you'll be the one millionth hit on YouTube if you do something wrong. Where yeah. in their career they might not have dealt with that. I know during my career early on, I believe it was in the 92, 93, whenever it was around there, Rodney King. That was the first time law enforcement had to deal with somebody videotaping them. It had never really happened up until then, and the media ran with it. And we know what uh, the issue with Rodney King, uh, how that uh, disturbed the community and riots and everything else happened as as a result of it. So great answer, and I, I agree with you 100%. All right, question number two. There's all, and the, Of course, the media is always working a good story, and lately the issue with the football players in the NFL not standing for the national anthem. So the question is, do you support standing for the national anthem and sporting events, or any event really, for, against, and why? I support respect. So if standing for the national anthem shows respect um, to this lovely country that, you know, God has allowed us to live in, then I will stand for the national anthem. If kneeling for the national anthem um, takes away from that respect and causes animosity and causes fights and arguments and um, hatred and a lot of the things that um, are happening because of it, then no, I don't agree. Now, if you're kneeling because of some sort of, you know, respectful um, act where it's going to bring about peace and, and love and, and, and just people coming together and people, then, yeah, you know, obviously do it because we need to do whatever we need to do to bring about that peace and change and all of the good things that we need. But if it's not, then, no, I don't support it. I'm not against people and their freedom of speech. But when your freedom of speech um, causes chaos and uh, fights and, and, and wars and, and disagreements, then, we, you know, we got to look into that and, and, and think about what we're doing because we're defeating the, we're defeating the purpose. Right. Um, but I, all, you know, I guess it's a matter of opinion. And, yes, I'm all about respect. It's like right now in our roll call rooms, we're having a little discussion between some um, – uh, uh, supervisors and other supervisors, some supervisors, old timers, um, don't want the officers to wear their hats in roll call. The younger supervisors, which they're in their twenties and got promoted, you know, they don't mind. They're like, listen, who cares? Hmm. Me particularly, I was raised, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 44 years old. So I'm like, no, you need to take it off because it's a form of respect. Hmm. You're in roll call, take off your hat shows respect. If the chief of police or anybody walks in, what are you going to do? I'm sure you're going to take your hat off. Why are you taking your hat off? Because the chief just walked in. So if the chief just walked in and you need to take your hat off, why not take your hat off at roll call? So we're kind of going back and forth on this. Well, this is what respect means. And that is what respect means. And who cares? And listen, as long as it doesn't cause fights, arguments, disagreements, bombings, and everything else that we see nowadays, then yes, you do have. Um, liberty and freedom of speech. But if what you're doing is causing negative results from what you thought it would, 
then no, I'm, I'm not going to support it. You know, and respect is respect. Different countries have different forms of showing respect. You go to another country, you eat someone's food and you burp. Right. That's, you know, oh my God, my food was awesome. You don't burp and it's an insult to that culture because you're letting them know that your food sucked. Right. So it's just a matter of respect is a matter of opinion in a lot of people's minds. My thing is what actions is it going to bring after we take the action we take? And of course, we live in a melting pot where a, a lot of ethnicity, oh, a lot of different people live. And of course, a lot of people have to deal with a lot of issues. And the military doesn't have this problem because they're, mili they're military. When you walk into a building, you have to take off your cover. Mike Sierra's exactly. not here, so I think I'll mention it. And there's no, there's no debate about it. But in paramilitary, okay... I can I can see where the discussion is coming in, but I'm I'm sure if the agency wants everybody to take their hat off, they're going to take their hat off. Of that, exactly. It, it, I think it needs to be a form of this is listen. This is the rule. This is the standard. This is how we're going to do it, and that's it. But if you don't have something in writing where you will take your cover off when you then you really can't force people to do it. Right. Of course. OK, so um, if you want them to take their hats off, you're just saying it because that's your personal opinion, because you've been in the department for 25, 30, almost 40 years. And this is, again, times have changed. Yeah. And 20, 30 years ago, God forbid, a commanding officer walked into a room and you had your cover on. But a lot of those people were military, were in the Marines. So they brought this over from, again, a military institution. Mm -hmm. So now a lot of us there are not former military. Right. We're just like, okay, well, I just I was just a stay-at-home mom, and I just came and, like, what do, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, I'm kind of, like, a little confused here. But, you know, I'm, I personally stand for the national anthem. Well, there you have it, folks. Wonder Woman is standing for the national anthem. And also she's standing for respect and people's the ability to um, respect others is more, more, very, very important in today's society, more, more so than ever. So we appreciate your uh, double tap session. You've done very well on that. Now, I don't know how Wonder Woman... Exits. I know how she enters now. Grand entrance. I guess it's the twirling of the of the rope of the whip. I don't know how it is, but there's I'm sure a way how Wonder Woman does a spectacular exit, just like she did a spectacular entrance. So I'm already gone and you don't even know it. Just like that, she was gone. What's up next? Episode 53, Policing the Police. It's been my pleasure to be your host, Raider Cop Nation. Alpha Mike signing out. Be safe.
Four three two three, chest side, thirteen twenty two. 